morning. Um, I just wanted to start off our uh, gathering today just th- with the idea of joy. I, as I, you know, looking around, there's a lot of joy in the church this morning. Come on, turn around, look at somebody, all right? There's a lot of joy. Um, and oftentimes I get the most joy, one, when great things are happening. Can I get an amen? Right? I mean, it's easy to be happy when great things are happening. Um, but then also I get a lot of joy when uh, terrible things are happening, but I keep my eyes on God. Because my God is a big, big God. Amen? That all of my issues, all the stuff that I'm struggling with, if I just focus on that, I can get pretty depressed. Anybody? With the, with the overcast, with the clouds, right? We're entering seasonal lower moods. Let's not call it depression, but... Um, so this morning, let's stand up. Let's keep our eyes on who God is, amen? Um, and uh, production value is low this morning, but joy value is high, amen? Come on. Thank 
next song is a dancing song, okay? All right? Because our God is a man of his word, amen? That we can depend on him. Yeah, come on. You can move those hips. It's all right. The lights are down. Nobody's looking. And all things are possible. All chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. You keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, if you said it, we believe it. Oh, 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 oh. If you said it, we believe it. You're a man of your word. If you said it, we believe it. Oh, 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 oh. If you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable. When we receive Yahweh, you keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, come on. If you said it, we believe it. Oh, 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 oh. If you said it, we believe it. Because you're a man of your word. If you said it, we believe it. 
the blood that washed me clean for the wrong that you
my mic working? I dropped it on the floor, so uh, it's working now. There we go. Let's just take a moment, bow our heads, close our eyes, and just give God some thanks for something that he's done for you this week. Just make it personal for a moment. Maybe he forgave some sin. Maybe he gave you strength, wisdom, grace. Maybe you saw something beautiful that just changed your mood and your attitude. He's been so good to us. Father, encourage our hearts to honor you. We are a thankful people. We're heading into a month that we're talking about Thanksgiving. And you've been so good to us. We're thankful. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said. Y'all may be seated for just a minute. We've got uh, 400 announcements to make. This Wednesday at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m., whichever one you can make, we've got another men's class. I'm dealing with two, two spirits that uh, are very alive and active in this world today that will destroy your ability to be a man of God. So just to warn you, those spirits don't want you to hear what you're going to hear that morning or that afternoon. So 6 o'clock this week. Um, yeah. First Thursday is Thursday night, November 2nd, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Men's Fellowship Night is November 6th at 6 p.m. It's a Monday night. Tickets are at the information desk. Now my wife's going to say something. Oh, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> I just want to announce the Women's Night again. It is on November 10th at 6 o'clock here at New Life Church, Astoria. And I want you all to make it make your way to the info desk after services and sign up so we can have a head count and know how many to set up for. It's going to be a wonderful night. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to have food. Bring a finger food, by the way, with you. And I'm going to be bringing a lesson. And please come prepared with your hearts ready for, ready for conviction to happen, <laughs> which is always a good thing because growth comes from conviction. And also... Come ready to grow deeper in love with Jesus. Most of you have never heard her speak. I, I hear her every day, so she convicts me of my own sin every day. So I'm just, just telling you, ladies, be prepared to hear the word of God that night. My wife is wonderful. So stay right there. I need uh, Pastor Mark and Barbara to stand, and I need uh, Pastor Verlin and Sharon to stand. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, but we've made it into more of a ministry appreciation month. Um, and Pastor Angelo and Anya are uh, pastors as well. There's pastors here. There's pastors. Throw a stick, you're going to hit a pastor in this church. Amen. But don't throw sticks at us. We've got enough trouble as it is. Um, but I wanted to recognize uh, these three couples. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a Shunammite woman who, during the time of the prophet Elijah, or Elisha, I'm sorry, uh, she noticed that the prophet would come through her town. And so she told her husband, let's, let's invite him in and feed him, which is what you should do with every pastor you know. Because it's obvious that we are thin. Okay, okay, some of them are thin. Um, she invited him to, and he would do that numerous times. Every time he came in town, they would invite him in and feed him. And one day the woman said, why don't we make him a room? And let's furnish it for him. So when he comes in, he can come in and he can just rest from his weary ministry time. And just, uh, just we just want to provide a space for him to, to be able to rest. And there's, uh, 
Elijah, Elisha was wondering how I can bless you. How, so he asked her what I can do. And she said, I don't need anything. And he finds out she doesn't have a child. And Elisha prays and she has a child. So just fair warning that we can pray for that if you want it. But anyway, that's a whole other story. There's a lot more to this story than that. But I just want to, uh, for a moment, um, focus on one aspect of it. And, and that was literally, I've always believed that a church, how a church treats its pastor says a lot about who they are as a Christian people. How you treat pastors reflects whether you really believe the word of God or not. I've watched over the years how men of God and their wives and children have been mistreated, disrespected, and destroyed. And I believe what David said when he said, lay not your hand on the Lord's anointed. I am very careful about what I say about about how I talk about and how I um, talk to pastors and their wives. It got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> See, I believe you always provide pastors a place of rest. A furnished house, so to speak, where they, their wives, and children can be cared for spiritually. People, sh Pastors should come here and find a place of rest. They should find a place where... They're not being beat up or beat down where they're built up and able to just rest and relax. Are you with me? You're awful quiet. They need to have a place where they don't need to, they all want to preach, just so you know, every preacher wants to preach. But one of us wins every week, and, and it's me. But they don't have to prepare. They can just come and they can learn and they can critique my sermon all they want because I trust them and I trust their word and their ways. Um, they're the only critiques I listen to. <laughs> These three men here give everything they have to the kingdom. And them and their wives have diligently prayed for New Life Church and especially for my wife and me. God brought Pastor Mark and Barbara at a time where I was three steps from stepping out. And God brought them into my life. I remember, I, I don't know if it was the first time he came or the second time he came, but the second time he came, I think it was the second time he came, I called him up that afternoon and said, <laughs> and he said, I'll pray for you, brother. And then he got off the phone, and I'm sure he told Barbara, I am glad that he's doing that, not me. But he encouraged me, prayed for me. I just lost my place. <laughs> Pastor Verlin and Sharon, when they came, they've just been an encouragement. Like they just, there's never a, a, a week where I'm not encouraged to continue on in the ministry because of them. And Angelo and Anya, Pastor Angelo and Anya, have been just such a blessing to me and my wife since they've come here. They will do whatever it takes to get the ministry to be taken care of. And, and all three of these men, at some point in time, were in my role as a senior pastor. But all of them, from retirement or, or needing rest, have just not taken on their own. But they are just a, an encouraging group of men and women to me and my wife. And I, want, I wanted you to hear that. I, as a, as a pastor, never want to be known as somebody who didn't take care of the man of God. I don't want to stand up because there's going to come a day when we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for how uh, people treated us. And I, I never want to stand up there and, and be 
rebuked by God for not taking care of the men of God that he's put in my life. So that's kind of what drives me. I do believe there will be a judgment seat of Christ when pastors will answer whether they were treated well by their church or not. And they will face, and I, I believe many will face that moment in shame because they made it hard on the man of God. But I also believe in that same judgment, you'll hear story after story after story about men and women who cared for the man of God and his family. That's the kind of people we want to be as a church, New Life. If you ever wonder why I attract pastors, because I want them to come and just rest. I want them to feel valued and appreciated because they are men of God and women of God. So let the people of New Life Church be known as a people who gave rest to pastors. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Barbara, for always, always, yes. They have literally been my rock when I've needed rest. Thank you, Pastor Verlin and Sharon. For being my cheerleader, though you deserve to retire, but you just continue to be a cheerleader to me. Every week he tells me the reason I'm here is because you're here. Well, then I'm not going anywhere because then he can't go anywhere. We're, we're in this together. And Pastor Angelo and Anya. Thank you for being our friends in the most difficult time in my ministry life. You've been there for me, and I appreciate it more than you know. So let's give them all a hand one more time. Let's be known as a place where pastors come to rest. Amen. Let's pray for the offering. That has nothing to do with anything, but that's just my next thing. Father, I think about the men and women in this place who are especially starting new businesses who are stepping out in faith, trusting that you're going to provide for their families. And it's scary, but they just have a, a gift that you've given them and they want to use it to support their family. I pray, Lord God, that you bless them so much, but they can't help but over tithe. That you bless them with so much work that they have to recognize you've done it. It's not their skill or their giftedness. It is the God that they serve and trust. And I think about those, Lord God, who work for somebody. Let them be the best employees that that owner or that company manager has. And let that manager or that boss pay them in such a way that it reflects your blessing upon your people. Father, I believe that if we trust you and obey you, that you're going to take care of us. So let this be a day of trust and, and, and obedience. Encourage us to trust what your word says about the tithe and the offerings. And then show us just how awesome you are. We love you, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. let's stand real quick. And by the way, this is my wife. She's a pastor's wife too. This is my honey. <laughs> One more song. 
I think one more song. One more song. But before we do that, um, is anybody ready for fall sports to be over? No. No? All right. Um, well, the reason why I bring this up is because in sports, there's a scoreboard, right? And it's pretty obvious who won and who lost at the end of the game, right? Um, as Christians, our scoreboard is when we stand before God and God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Our pastor and his wife are trying to get that well done and faithful servant badge more than any pastor I've ever met. So can we give a round of applause for our pastor and his wife? Come on. He didn't think I was going to sucker punch him, but I did. Anyways, um... If you can, and I know he doesn't like shaking people's hands and hugging people, but can you, can we just overwhelm him after service today and just overwhelm him that we appreciate him? Come on. All right. Well, with that, back to God. Let's raise a hallelujah. Amen.
Sing a little louder. 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 Just sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my That's the only hallelujah we're going to do. We're done. Let's, uh, you may be seated. Let's dismiss the kids at this time. Let's dismiss the kids. Last Sunday, at the end of the service, I talked to an older lady in our church who made a statement that I didn't like. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was, I just didn't like the statement. And it was the basis for what I feel like God has led me to speak to today. Hang on, it takes me a little bit to get dressed and it takes me a little bit to get my gear together. And pens, and Bibles, and papers. And it's good to be together, isn't it? Amen. We're in a series called Just Jesus and... Uh, I'm trying to focus on just Jesus. Our world's making that a little bit hard because, because they're at war. And I just want to make a statement about Israel. God's got this. Amen. So don't worry too much about Israel. God's already had this planned since he created us. 
So there's other aspects of, of, of that that we need to worry about. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But right now, that's just so you know, God's got this. We need to pray because I'm exhausted from singing already. <laughs> and uh, let's, let's just take a second and pray. Come pray with me if you want. Father, I loved hearing the joy in the room this morning. You've been doing something great over the last several months. You've been restoring joy and peace and happiness in the congregation of the saints. Though many of us are going through difficult trials and tribulation, we can come here and we can together be happy, encourage one another and comfort one another. Father, as we go into your word today, I believe you've got something very specific for the people of this room and the people who are watching online. I believe it's something that if they grab a hold of it and grab a hold of it quickly, they'll see you do amazing things in their life. Today, not tomorrow, today. Encourage our hearts as we seek you. We're going we're gonna to talk about you today and trust you today. Jesus, we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I should have had you stand because now I feel like I need to say y'all may be seated, but make a statement. Faith requires belief. Belief requires trust. Trust requires obedience. None of these work with doubt. If there is doubt, none of these work. Because doubt makes obedience shaky, trust weak, belief question, and faith falter. Don't doubt Jesus or it all falls apart. Don't doubt Jesus or it all falls apart. That's my introduction, which is normally at least 15 minutes. We're going to talk about the idea of faith and doubt. And the first example of faith is a point I've entitled Reach Out, and it's Luke chapter 8 and verse 43 through 48. So, so we're going to go ahead and read it, and then we're going to get into it, and then we're going to read some more, and then we're going to get into it, and then we're going to really find out how into it you really are. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me and when the woman I can't see there's a camera in the way and when the woman that saw that she was not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had immediately been healed and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well daughter your faith, your faith, your faith has made you well. It's a story about a woman with a harsh medical problem. 
hopefully your children can handle me using this word, but physically it said that she had a constant vaginal bleeding. Twelve years she sought doctor's help to no avail. How discouraging could that be? How many of you have struggled with something for years and years and years and it just hasn't gotten better? Twelve years. To make it worse, she was Jewish and the issue of Jews dealing with blood meant that her church would have thought that she was unclean. So they wouldn't have had any relationship with her. She was not welcome to attend services. And her situation must have been the result of her sin in her life. Because that's what we think when people go through bad things. We automatically think it must be something that they've done. I had somebody ask me one time, is, is, this shaking the, the, is the source of your shaking the sin in your life? I don't think so. Because if it was, he would have said something to me. Amen, that was free. Meaning she would not feel welcome. So like all of us, I just kind of imagined what process she went through. I bet the first thing she did was got on the prayer chain. First thing. Lots of prayer chains. Like she just didn't go to one. She like signed up for everything. Any prayer chain out there, she just thought, I'm going to sign up for him. Pray for me. I've got this problem 12 years long. It, it won't stop. I can't go to church. I'm being viewed as a sinner. I'm sure she'd been brought before the prayer warriors because that's what we do, right? Bring before the, before the people who can pray, yet no healing. I'm not saying you don't go get on a prayer chain. I'm not saying don't go to people who pray. I'm saying sometimes it doesn't work. Amen? Okay, you're going to make this, you're going to make me work at it today. She exhausted every medical option. She saw all the popular doctors and spent the money on them. She even saw the quacks. If you've ever been sick a long time, if you've ever been broken a long time, you've tried everything. Even people, in, before you got sick, you thought, that person's crazy. And now you're thinking, I don't know, that might work. If she had YouTube, she would have spent all of her time searching the web for solutions to her problems and trying every one of them, no matter how crazy they are. Eat this and it'll stop. She would have tried all the naturopathic ways. That's not bad. I think that's what we do. We go back to nature and try to get back to what God, how God created us. And I think that's good. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it doesn't work. She would have done all the crazy things. When you want healing, when you want help, you'll do the dumbest thing. That You'll just do it. I'll, I'll try this. I'm going to go on a bread diet. That will help. I'm going to go on a Dairy Queen diet. That would be good. <laughs> she tried everything. But she was still hemorrhaging any hope for healing. Been there? You've tried everything and you're just hemorrhaging hope? Like you wake up every day at first thinking, today's the day. And then you get to a place where now it's like, maybe next week. 
then pretty soon you've stopped hoping that it would ever change and you just get used to that's just the way life's going to be. She felt like an outcast. Her presence was a constant reminder of her failure. Her presence was a constant reminder of her failure. She saw people walking towards her and then would walk around her because they didn't want to get close to her because she was that woman. People avoiding the possibility of contact because they might get a little bit of crazy on them. You laugh, but you know you've done that. See, when you feel like everything, you feel like you've tried everything and notice that people have given up on you, then what happens is you pull into yourself. And that's what this woman did. She pulled into herself. And she only had one more option. One thing left. She tried everything else. She went to everybody else. Nobody helped her. Nobody cared for her. Nobody comforted her. She was stuck with this issue. And she comes up from behind him because she couldn't go before him. And she had to weave her way through the crowd because they were surrounding him. And she touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately, her discharge of blood ceased. She just reached out. No, no, y'all missed that whole exchange. She just reached out. She didn't need to be brought out front. Her presentation didn't need to be elaborate. Well, Jesus, if you heal me, this blah, 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 blah. She just snuck in behind him, reached out, and touched the fringe. I'm going to say that one more time. She just snuck in behind him where no one would notice and by faith touched the fringe of his garment. This wasn't a casual encounter with Jesus. She didn't just bump into him. Sometimes I think we come to church and we just kind of casually bump into Jesus. We have these little Jesus moments where we bump into him. Oh, I was with Jesus today. Did he heal your brokenness? No, we just had a good conversation. See, Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived that power. I love the King James says, virtue has gone out from me. See, Jesus knows when your faith in him is active and he knows when it's passive. He knows when it's real and when it's fake. He knows when you're bumping into him and when you're reaching out to him. Most of us spend more time trying to bump into Jesus than we do actually reaching out to him. And he said to her, well, let me pull back. She tried everything else and believed that she could, if she could just touch the fringe, just the just the fringe of his garment, she would be made well. Do you realize how much faith that is? I don't have to be presented or paraded before him. I don't have to make this big uh, pitch to be healed. I just need to reach out and touch him and be healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace. No. No. Reach out, touch him. Your faith made you whole. Not Jesus' faith. Not the crowd's faith. Your faith. I'm spitting all over today. This is going to be an awesome day. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. No, no, no. Your faith. Your faith. Reach out. How many of you need Jesus today? But you don't have the faith to reach out because you don't believe if you touch the hem of his garment, that's going to heal you. How many of you just, you, you've tried everything to get your life straightened out. You've tried everything to straighten out your marriage. You've tried everything to straighten out your, your body physically. You've tried everything. And the only thing you got left is this crazy pastor yelling at you right now. And you just started, to, we just started church and he's screaming at us already. And you need to reach out, but you won't reach out because you're afraid of the crowd. Just reach out. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know why he gave me this today, because I, I could have talked about all sorts of fun things. Do you need to reach out? Do you have faith in the fringe enough to reach out today? Let me give you the second example of faith. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. As he, Jesus, drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in the front, <laughs> just saying, those that were right here said, be silent. But he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't say it quietly. He didn't mumble it under his breath. He screamed it out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. If you have hearing aids, I'm sorry if I just blew them out. <laughs> and Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And, and all the people who, was, who saw it gave praise to God. Simple story of a man sitting by a roadside begging. People driving by and dropping things in the cup. They say when one sense is lessened, the other senses are enhanced. So I'm sure his hearing was good. And he heard the comments wonder how badly he had to screw up his life to be in that position you ever say that as you drive by somebody who's begging on the roadside how bad did I got to screw up to be in that position probably 
not even blind. He's just lazy. Come on. Just lazy. Just, just, just lazy. Doesn't want to work. You haven't talked to that person, but you've already decided what you think about them. Addict. Those addicts, they just love being addicts. That's the best life they could ever have is to be an addict. To be addicted to something so much that you'll sell your soul to get it. Those addicts. They just like to be high. No, what they like is peace. and That's the only peace they have. But that peace brings them so much pain, it's devastating to their lives. Addict. Even the pity becomes painful. See, when one sense is lessened, the other senses are enhanced. And you hear people say things like, you poor, unfortunate soul. So you start thinking you're a poor, unfortunate soul. You're just a blind man sitting on the roadside waiting for Jesus to show up. But everybody says this about you, so now you start believing what people are saying about you. Come on, how many of you believe what people have said about you? And now you know it's not true, but they've said it, and you, your enhanced hearing now is going, this is me. I'm this messed up person. Or you hear these people who say things like, you're so lucky that I'm here to help you. You're so blessed to have me guide you along the way. Here's a coin. One day he hears Jesus is passing by. He heard the stories about Jesus, how he could change people's lives, how he could give sight to the blind. He knew what they said about Jesus. Jesus can give blind, sight to the blind. Jesus, how many of us know that Jesus can give sight to the blind? We've heard it before. He could change life. But he was unable to walk to Jesus. And all he could do is shout. The only thing, he couldn't see him. He could hear him, but he couldn't see him. The only thing that he had available to him was to shout. So he begins to shout out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people with good sight said, shut up, you're embarrassing us. Have you ever been around somebody who's done that? They just want to cry out to Jesus and you're like, oh man, this is, this is my mother. This is embarrassing. My mother's getting excited in church. Oh my goodness. Over the top, mom. No dancing in the front. Come on. Tone it down. I'm not going to church if you're going to act like a crazy person. How many of you have threatened your mother with that? See, he couldn't walk, so he decided to talk. Hey, when you can't walk, if you can talk, talk. If you can't walk, 
If you can't stand, if you can't find your way, then there's one thing you've got is a voice that can scream as loud as you can. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. No, you shut up. I've been sitting on this roadside for years. I'm ready to be healed. I want to see. Have mercy on me. Something miraculous happened. Jesus is walking by. He's already gone past him. Jesus hears this guy screaming at him, and he stops the crowd and says, wait, who's yelling at me? Have you ever had somebody somebody yell at you, and you're like, why are you yelling at me? I was driving down the road the other day. Someone's yelling at me. It wasn't my fault. I was behind the car that was doing the thing that they shouldn't have been doing, but I was getting yelled at for it. It's like, why are you yelling at me? And it stops you. And he says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Could you imagine needing Jesus shouting out and getting him to stop? I want you to think about something. How many prayers are prayed every minute to God? And how many prayers are like, dear Lord God, help me in my situation. So God's up in heaven opening up these prayers and he's saying, he's hearing, I want, when he opens up my prayer, I want it to be screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I got to help that guy because he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He needs some help. Maybe that's why God doesn't answer your prayers because you just keep whispering him and he said, just scream at me. Well, I want to be spiritual, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you, scream. Use the sense that you've got. Sometimes you've got to get loud enough to get God's attention. Y'all don't agree with that. Sometimes you've got to be loud enough to get God's attention. There's a couple of passages I didn't go to. There's a couple of stories where Jesus says you've got to kind of be the squeaky wheel. You've got to make so much noise that it irritates God that he says, I've got to answer this guy's prayer so I can shut him up. I'm going to give him sight so he stops screaming at me. I open his prayers, he screams again. He just opens his prayers and he screams again. He's just always screaming. I'm going to heal him so he shuts up. So Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, let me recover my sight. Jesus says, recover your sight. I think it's that casual. I want to see. Okay, see. It was your faith that made you well. Immediately, he covers the sight, follows Jesus, glorifies God. Everyone sees it and gives praise to God. What a great church service. Think about this for a moment. This blind beggar whose only hope was Jesus Christ. And in the midst of his darkness using only the senses he has, he shouts and gets God's attention. And it becomes the strangest conversation, I think, is, that is in the Bible. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I want to see. Okay. And he can see. No, no, no. You've got to use more words than that. No, 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 no. 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 
you got to have enough faith to shout. Your faith made you well. Again, it wasn't Jesus' faith that saved him. It was his faith in Jesus that saved him. Jesus already believes in himself. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Or are you too ashamed for your situation to shout out? Because that's what I'm finding in church right now. I'm just really struggling with y'all because y'all should be shouting out. But you're afraid someone's going to shut you up. Tell them to shut up. Because they obviously can see. They obviously are so perfect they don't need Jesus. But if you need Jesus, shout out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I didn't come to church to get yelled at. Yes, you did. That's what preachers do. Except for the lame ones. Use the sense that's available to you to call out to Jesus. But I'm depressed. Shout it out. But I'm discouraged. Shout it out. But people keep telling me to shut up. Shout it out. In their face. As loud as you can. Have spit come out of your mouth so you feel like you're preaching the word of God. Are you concerned that the very people around you might not support you if you shout out to Jesus? They're not going to give you sight. They're not going to heal your brokenness. Shout it out. Are you content being a roadside beggar? Being torn down and taunted by people who are walking to church? Believing that this is just your lot in life. I'm just going to be a blind man. I'm going to sit by the side of the road begging my whole life. I'm going to be depressed forever. I'm always going to be discouraged. I'm going to struggle with, with sadness. I'm going to want to kill myself. Are you content with that life? What's stopping you from shouting out to Jesus and getting his attention and saying, what do you want me to do? I want to see. Okay. Well, there's more to it than that. No, there isn't. Is it time for you to shout out, Jesus, have mercy on me? Jesus, who needs mercy today? Who needs mercy? Well, then shout out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh, you're whispering to me. Some, yes, some of them aren't even trying, Elsie. Because they've got it so figured out that they don't need to scream. They're just trying to tell you, would you shut up, Elsie? You're embarrassing us. <laughs> Who's this woman that shouts out? Because, but she's the only one that's going to get healed. Y'all are going to stay blind. <laughs> you want to stay depressed? Stay depressed. Or shout out and be delivered. It's your faith that makes you well. Faith in Jesus Christ. God, I still can't get you to move. For those of you that are standing around, shut up if you're going to shout down those who shout out. Just shut up. If you don't got something spiritual to say, shut up. Because you're going to keep blind people blind. 
depressed people depressed, discouraged people discouraged, because the moment they realize that Jesus can actually give them sight, they're just going to scream at the top of their lungs, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. The woman had faith to reach out. Who in this room just needs to reach out to Jesus today? You just need to reach out. You won't even put your arm out in front of you because you're embarrassed about what someone's going to say. Do you need to reach out to Jesus today? Do you have an issue that you've been struggling with your whole life and it's been a battle and a struggle and he just says, just reach out, just reach out, just reach out. And y'all won't even reach out, just playing reach out. How many of you are blind? You're struggling in the darkness. You, 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 you're, you're, the, the, the full joy of the world that you should be able to see is the beauty of the world that God has created. You don't see it. You just see darkness and depression and sadness and loneliness and brokenness. Why won't you shout out? You're in church. I'm telling you, shout out. I'm giving you permission. I'm shouting. Say, does that all that guy doesn't shout? Yes. There we go. Don't clap for him. Stand up and shout. This is, thank you. Yeah. Reach out. Shout out. But don't doubt. But don't doubt. Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes home to preach to his own people. And they were so familiar with Jesus that as a human, they doubted him as the son of God. Familiarity breeds contempt. I preached that a few months ago. Familiarity breeds contempt. I believe sometimes we get so familiar with Christianity and Jesus that we forget that it's about faith. This contempt caused Jesus to say this about this people who knew him. Mark chapter 6 and verse 5. He could do no mighty work there. He could do no mighty work there. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. And he went among the villages teaching. Do you know what happens when you doubt Potential for power is lost. When you doubt, the potential for power is lost. God can't do anything in your life because you doubt. God can't heal your issue. God can't open your eyes because you doubt. No one reached out. No one began to shout. But many had doubts. So he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. You know what's interesting to me about this scripture? It surprises Jesus when people who should have the most faith in him have the most doubt. Do you realize in Mark chapter 6, he's speaking to us. People familiar with Jesus. We're too proud to reach out. Because we can handle it on our own. Yeah, you've been in this situation for 12 years. You can handle it on your own. Your marriage has been messed up for 12 years. Yeah, you're going to make it better. 
keep doing the things you're doing. What will make it better is divorce. Boom, boom. That'll make it better. Because you're trying to fix it on your own. Jesus can heal it. But you don't have enough faith. You're too embarrassed to shout out. Like if I actually came and said, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. If you came to this altar and just in weeping tears said, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I need salvation today. I need my sins forgiven. I need peace. I need joy. I need to see. I need to be free from this darkness. I'm tired of being depressed. Give me sight. Have mercy on me. No, 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 no. Can't do that because that would be embarrassing. Because we spend all of our time mocking people who come forward. No, we don't. Y'all might. You're too lame to get the doubt out. You've just stopped believing that God can do miraculous things. Let's be honest right now. What's the one thing that you sought man's help with and you still suffer from? I bought all the books. You only need one book. It's this one. And you can find it in lots of different versions. In font sizes. But the truth will change your life. But I bought all the books. I'm not saying books are bad. I'm saying if that's all you're relying on. But I have YouTube. Yeah, how many of you have actually been helped by YouTube? Now, please don't raise your hand because I know there's somebody that's going to say, well, I don't know. I'm not saying everything's bad on there. I'm just saying most things are bad on there. I found out that I can eat bread from YouTube. That was good. Can you see I put on a little weight this week? Shut up. What's the one thing that's been hemorrhaging hope in your life? Like you've just stopped believing that it's going to change. You've stopped believing that it's going to get better. You've stopped believing that tomorrow might be a brighter day. Because you've come to the conclusion that tomorrow is just going to be another day of blindly sitting by the side of the road begging people to help me in my life. I've been doing this for 12 years, Pastor Andy, and nothing's changed. Reach out. Nothing's changed. Reach out. Touch the hem of his garment and you'll be healed. What's the one thing that makes you feel like an outcast? Like nobody wants you around. Why would you keep living that way when there's actually people who want to do life with you? It's called the church. We're full of messed up people. People with issues. Of whom I am chief. I am the chief issue. What keeps you from reaching out by faith and just touching Jesus? What keeps you from reaching out by faith and just touching Jesus? What keeps you from reaching out and touching Jesus? What keeps you from it? What keeps you from it? The only thing that keeps you from reaching out and being healed by Jesus is doubt. The only thing that keeps you from believing that he could heal you is that you don't believe it. Well, don't reach out. Don't. 
Because we would hate to rejoice with you. We would hate to see your issue dry up. We would hate to see you be happy because that would be horrible. When all you have to do is reach out. I don't believe that. Reach out. Let's find out. At some point in time, you're going to have to say, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm going to trust God. The, The last thing that I've got, the only thing I've got left is if I just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. I don't need to be out front. Don't need to be popular. I just need to touch him and he'll heal me. What's the one thing that's kept you in the dark? What's hindered you from seeing the beauty of life? How many of you wake up and say, it's going to be a great day. And instead you wake up and go, it's going to be another day. Instead of waking up and saying, man, this is going to be the best day of my life. How long has it been since you woke up and said, today's going to be the best day of my life? And you were serious about that. Who's been telling you to shut up when you want to shout out? Somebody must be telling you that if you shout out, you're going to embarrass them so you don't shout out. What keeps you from shouting out by faith and getting God's attention? I want to know in this room right now, what's stopping you from shouting out right now, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. I need you. I'm blind. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm filled with doubt. I need help. I'm reaching out to you by screaming to you, save me, Jesus. What will people think? People think they'll think it's the smartest move you ever made. And God's up there saying, I'm hearing all this noise. I need to hear something different. I can tell you that the prayers that get answered almost, almost every time immediately in my life are the ones where I'm up, here, up front here on my knees, weeping, snotting all over everything. Yes, we clean this every week. <laughs> where I'm just screaming, you, you should... Come, by the, come, come outside the church building, 5 to 6 a.m. every morning during the week. You will hear me making noise. You'll hear me through the wall shouting out to Jesus. I want him to hear me. I need him to hear me. I'm not going to live in this darkness anymore. I'm not going to live with depression anymore. I'm not going to live with discouragement. I'm not going to live a blind man when I could see. Why, why do I want to live that way if all I have to do is trust Jesus to heal me and I can see? He's done it for Steph. He can do it for me. If he can save Steph as messed up as he is and make him happy, why can't I see? What circumstance is so powerful that God can't overcome it? That's where your doubt comes from. You don't think God can do it. What can't God do? God can't do anything with you filled with doubt. Your doubts keep him from doing what you need him to do. Because you don't believe that he will do what he promises. I know what you're going to say. I I just need to know more. Twelve years with an issue of blood. How much more do you need to learn? That this sucks and I don't want to do this anymore. 
being blind from birth, being a beggar to, to, to get your sustenance, feeling bad about yourself, being depressed and discouraged. How long, how many years do you have to be depressed and discouraged before you get to the point to where you don't want to be depressed and discouraged anymore? And so your option is either cry out to Jesus or commit suicide. Why would you commit suicide? That would end your life when you could just cry out to Jesus and it'll save your life. You guys are making me work today. How many of you have lived with Jesus since you were a child? You remember him in flannel graph form. People have been telling you stories about him since you were a child. Come on now. How many of you have been hearing stories about Jesus since you were a child? Since you were a child, you've heard stories about how awesome Jesus is. And you've known people who, whose lives have been changed by him, dramatically changed by him. You've, you've seen you've seen women with issues be healed. You've seen men that are blind see. You've seen somebody you know has been depressed for years that came to Jesus and now had healing. You've seen it. How, how many of you have seen it? You've seen God do amazing things. Yet you don't reach out. And you surely don't doubt. And then you blame the church for why no mighty work is done here. It's not because we don't have the word of God or you don't have a preacher who believes that God can change your life. The problem can't be the church. It's got to be you. It's your doubt, not mine, because I believe that Jesus can change your life. I believe he can heal your issues. I believe he can give you sight. Literally. But you got to reach out and shout out. And I'm trying to convince you, reach out and shout out, but you just shut up. <laughs> I'm still giving you permission. <laughs> See, this surprises Jesus. He marvels at our unbelief. We know, we've heard the stories. We've seen what he does. The word marvel means full of wonder. The, mean one, the word wonder means something strange, meaning it's strange to Jesus that those who are supposed to believe in Jesus doubt Jesus. It is strange to him that those who are supposed to believe in Jesus doubt Jesus. He thinks you're strange because you won't reach out and you won't shout out. You think it's strange when people reach out and shout out, but you won't do it yourself. You know what he does, and you still won't reach out and shout out because you doubt. Do you know who wrote the book of Mark, where we're getting this passage from, Mark chapter 6? It's written by a man by the name of John Mark, and in the book of Acts, he's a young believer who goes with his uncle on a missionary journey with the apostle Paul. And he goes on this missionary journey, and it gets really hard, and I believe he began to doubt, and he went back home. I believe doubt was a huge part of it. How do I know that? Because ministry makes you doubt. It's hard. Amen? Come on, preachers. Agree with me. Get alive in this service. 
So John Mark goes back to a church, and the apostle Peter is his preacher. And he sits under Peter's preaching. In fact, the book of Mark is the gospel of Peter. Paul, Peter told John Mark the stories of Jesus and John Mark wrote them down. Peter told John Mark the stories of Jesus and John Mark wrote them down. Peter told stories of Jesus and John Mark wrote them down. That's the book of Mark. It's the gospel of Peter. And I believe that John Mark quit because of doubt. And yet he was being taught the gospel of Jesus Christ by a man who himself struggled with doubt. Peter and the disciples are out in the boat one day, just floating along in the midst of a storm. They were always in trouble. Just like we're always in trouble. And Jesus comes walking on the sea, and Peter cries out, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out to the water. So Peter says, or Jesus says, come. Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water, doing something none of us have ever done. You would think if you have walked on water at the, at the request of Jesus to come and do that, that you would not have a doubt in the world. I'm getting out of a perfectly good boat and I'm walking on water. This is cool. And he walks towards Jesus and the storm begins to get a little bit heavier and he begins to doubt. And when he begins to doubt, he begins to sink. And Jesus reaches out and grabs him by the hand and he pulls him up. And he said this to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? That's my King James. Wherefore didst thou doubt? The word wherefore means what's the reason? What's your reason for doubting Jesus? What's your reason? I'm going to say it one more time. What's your reason for doubting Jesus? Fear of what? You can walk on water. What are you afraid of? of You're walking on water. Jesus has got you walking on water. What, that, that's got to be super comfortable. You can walk on water. You can do miraculous things. But we still doubt. Does that mean we don't really know Jesus the way we think we know him? We claim to believe in him, and yet when put in a position to where we have to actually rely on his ability... We don't reach out and we don't shout. I think it surprises Jesus. Peter began to doubt, and when he began to doubt, he began to sink. And when he began to sink, Jesus reaches out a hand and says, oh, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What's your reason? Is Jesus real? Is Jesus alive? What's the reason for your doubting him? He heals a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. She just reaches out, touches the hem of his garment. He says, I, I could tell somebody took power from me and it changed your life. Who is it? It's the woman who reached out and touched the fringe. Well, where is she now? I don't know. She's healed. She's different. He was walking by a blind man. 
and he's waiting for somebody to get his attention. So he reaches, he cries out, Lord, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do? I want to see. Okay. See, we don't have that kind of faith to believe that Jesus could change your circumstance in a moment if you just shouted out, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. I got two cheerleaders up here. What's your reason for doubting? See, this is how Peter discipled John Mark, who later stopped doubting himself. In fact, John Mark goes back into ministry and becomes profitable to the Apostle Paul. Not because he doubted, but because he had faith. A whole book, a gospel, is written about the story of Jesus Christ. Written by a man who knew Jesus but doubted. Spoken to that man to write it down by a man who knew Jesus and doubted. Who through their doubts learned to reach out and led them to shout. Maybe today you've reached out to man and it hasn't helped. Maybe you've tried to get men to help you. Maybe I think of, of, of young women who think if I can just find the right guy. That'll solve all of my problems. Just so you know, the right guy's name is Jesus. Find him, and the man you're looking for will find you. Don't find him, and the man you're looking for will never find you. That was free. I threw that in. You can, you can give me a tip later for that one. Could save you a lot of trouble there. You've reached out to man to help. You're struggling with depression. You've reached out to counselors and those to want to help you. Can I, I'm not saying counselors are bad. I'm not saying they're not helpful. But when you already know that you can have sight, Jesus gives sight to the blind, why don't you go to him when you're in the darkness? One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. 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 Trust Christ as your Savior. Receive the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God inside of you saying, let's be happy today. I promise you, if you cut through the crowd and reach out by faith in Jesus Christ, he will heal you. But you can't doubt. If there's any doubt, he can't do what he's going to do. He can save a few sick folk. That's it. I know some of you in this room, some of you think that I'm crazy. I think you're crazy to say you believe in Jesus Christ, but you don't reach out to him. That makes no sense to me at all. Maybe today you need to reach out. I can promise you, if you shout over those who are trying to shut you up, Jesus will hear you. Jesus will hear you. You've got to shout it out, not speak it out, not Whisper it out. You've got to shout it out. You've got to really want this thing enough to where you'll be obnoxious and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I tried to yell, but it just wouldn't come out. Jesus, have mercy on me. See, I don't want my story to be that when things began to sink, I drowned because of doubt. Why would Christians who know what Jesus can do and know who Jesus is, would not reach out. Why would you as believers not reach out to Jesus 
Why won't you shout? Doubt. He can't do anything in your life if you're filled with doubt. I know someone's going to be real smart and make sure that I, I quote the passage where the one man with his child who needs to be healed says, Lord, help my unbelief. One time that happens in the Bible. We quote it for everything. Well, I've got this unbelief. Why don't you just get the unbelief out and either believe in Jesus or don't? Stop playing this game where you're trying to use excuses for why you doubt. Because the problem is you just don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Because if he is what this book says he is, he does what this book says he does. Come on. Then why wouldn't you reach out? Why won't you shout, Pastor, stop yelling? No. That's why we, I'm going to have him turn my mic up. Because I believe that Jesus Christ can change your life. Then why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? Jesus was just walking through the crowd of people. And somebody reaches out, didn't bump into him, didn't accidentally find him. Just waiting for somebody to reach out. Jesus is in this room right now and he's walking through it and he's waiting for somebody to reach out. Why won't you reach out? Jesus is walking by you in your depressed state, in your discouraged state, in your blindness, in your difficulty, in your trial, in your tribulation, in whatever trouble you're going through. He's walking by you and you're just walk, listening to him walk by. Oh, Pastor Andy preached a sermon where I was supposed to trust God today. I heard what he said, but I didn't reach out. And I didn't shout out. It's just another one of those sermons. And I'm going to tell you something. Today is not just another sermon to me. This is a life-changing moment for you. Because I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is passing by. And he's waiting for you to shout out. But you're going to sit there not saying anything because you're afraid you're going to be rude. And people are going to say something to you. Shout out. No one's going to say nothing. And if they do, they can leave. Because I believe that Jesus Christ can change everything. He can save you from your sins. He can heal you from your brokenness. He can give sight to the blind and give hearing to the deaf. Say, well, you believe that I don't. I know that's the problem. You've got doubt. And in doubting, you lose the potential of the power of God to do something miraculous in your life today. Today, not tomorrow, not six months from now. Not when you get this wrapped around your little mind. He can heal you today. He can heal you today. See, it's going to be lost. This moment's going to be lost because you doubt. Maybe what you need to do is repent of the doubt. And confess that you don't really believe. I'm calling you to speak out. I'm calling you to reach out. I'm calling you to get the doubt out. Come on. I got lots of time. I got nothing else to do today. I know some of you are like, you're going to preach that long. Jesus is waiting for you to shout out. Jesus is going through the crowd waiting for you to reach out right now, right now, right now. Right now.
right now. Reach out. Come on, right now. Right now. Reach out. Come on, shout out. Come on, right now. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. You're saying, oh, you're trying to get people emotionally involved. Absolutely. He wants to change your life. Come on. Come on. Shout it out. Shout it out. Reach out. You say, well, this is crazy. Only you that doubt thinks it's crazy. Jesus is trying to heal people today. Jesus is trying to give sight to the blind today. But you want to run around and doubt. You got to get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. Get the doubt Get the doubt out. Cry out, Father, get the doubt out of me. I need your help today. I need your healing. I need your hope. I'm tired of hemorrhaging hope. Shout out, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. He will answer that prayer. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. He will answer that prayer. Amen. Come on. 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 It's not only people in this room. Those of you online, use your caps today. Shout it out. Reach out. Amen. Reach out. See, come on. Reach out. Father, your people are reaching out and they're shouting out. They want and need your help today. They're using whatever sense they have. Maybe they can't speak today. Maybe it's from their heart. They're just reaching out to you, Jesus. They're just shouting from their heart. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. They're reaching out. You should feel power coming out of you today. The power of healing, the power of hope, the power of happiness, the power of heaven. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. There is no room for doubt in this room. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. His spirit indwells those of us who believe in him. He is here with us. Reach out. Shout out. See him do something miraculous today. You say, Pastor Randy, I don't really know him that well. I... 
I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Cry out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Save me from what I've done in my life. I want to serve you the rest of my life. I want to know you and follow you. Save me today. I've tried all the doctors. I've tried all the books. I've tried all the stuff. I've tried the internet. I've tried all those things. Nothing has healed me. Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Jesus Christ, we're reaching out to you today. We believe that you can change our circumstance. We believe that you can change our circumstance. You have, in believing in you, we have the potential to see where we've been blind, to have hope where we've been living in hell, to have help where we have got no help from the world. Father, today as we Walk away from this moment. You know who's called upon you today. If they've experienced a move of you in their life, let them share that with those around them. If you've heard their prayers and given them sight, let their family notice a difference in them. Let their friends wonder what happened to them. They were blind and now they see. They were broken and now they're healed. They had an issue that's no longer an issue anymore. And all they did was reach out and shout out because they had the doubt gone out of them. Be glorified today. Be glorified today. Just heads bowed, eyes closed. Give God some glory today. Just give him some praise. Thank him loudly. Come on, let him know. Let him hear your voice. Let him hear your voice over everybody else's voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want the world to know you, Jesus. We want to see what you can do for them. Save them. We love you so, Jesus. As we leave this place, let us rejoice. Thank you for giving our kids grace. I pray they were good to the teachers today. But Father, move in our hearts to keep the doubt out. And I don't care what anybody says in the room. You've done a great work today. You've healed issues. You've given sight. Because we reached out and shouted out. And we love you because the doubt's out. And we love you. And Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. Guys, have a great day today. Don't forget your kids.